listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast where we help you stay connected, productive and sane whilst working remotely. I'm Alex. I'm Harry. Today, we're looking at the difference between self-care versus indulgence. And is there a line, a clear-cut line between the two? There are two articles here, one from Forbes and another one from Thrive Global, which both make points about this idea. And the first one on Thrive Global is by Robert Bogue. And he says that the difference between self-care and indulgence is the long-term impact of it. Is the idea that self-care is more sustainable than indulgence? And maybe indulgence is a placeholder word. It doesn't necessarily have to be that particular way of talking about it. But this idea that maybe self-care is something that you can routinely do for a long period of time and it will continue to benefit you as opposed to, I don't know, eating half a kilogram of chocolate a day, which I would desperately love to do. But I think both of these articles carry a bit of kind of negative, you know, a bit of a negative thinking towards kind of um, self-care and kind of, you know, potentially induce a bit of guilt around, around it. So I kind of, you know, I think there is, of course, a line where something does becomes kind of self-indulgent and, and not helpful, but I don't think anyone needs any any sort of help feeling guilty about you know doing things that are good for their mental well-being at the moment. But yeah, I, I suppose as you mentioned just before we started recording, like there's only so many bath bombs you can do um, before you should probably get out of the bath and <laughs> and go and do some something productive. And you spent all of your money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's good to simulate the economy. I'm glad the body shop needs our help, but nevertheless, you know, there's probably other things you could be doing. The articles are somewhat provocative, but I think this is a response that quite a lot of people have to the idea of self care. I think there is definitely, I've certainly heard it in other places on the internet that this is seen as a kind of decadent way to excuse your inability to deal with things as opposed to a healthy coping mechanism in of itself and the way that the article on thrive global talks about it is he talks about this idea of debt that you owe to yourself of a withdrawal that you make when you're working or exerting yourself and a deposit that you can make at the end of the day to refuel yourself and maybe build up a surplus of whatever energy it is that you've taken from yourself during the working day so you can keep going in a sort of healthy, constructive way. Totally. Yeah, I think a lot of social media and the news and just digital life generally just makes it, it adds a lot of pressure to us, I think, to constantly feel like we're being productive and whether that means, you know, and so that, that can often bleed into our approach to self-care. It's like, right, I'm going to proactively, I'm going to, I'm going to be healthy I'm going to go and do healthy things. What is the optimum application of bath Exactly. Time? Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, honestly, I've even I've even read stuff like that. Tim Ferriss talks about the exact right temperature for your bath and that you should have a drink of ice water next to it and all this kind of stuff to make sure that you're optimally relaxed after your bath, which is surely the antithesis of the point of the exercise. And so I think that's something to, to kind of be conscious of. I think it's really important to just have time where you, there's just no guilt attached to the thing that you're doing. You're just, you are just doing something for the sake of doing it and giving yourself some, some respite. I think it could be used as a, the idea could be used as like a useful check for yourself. 
insofar as you could maybe ask yourself, am I doing this to constructively recover or like improve my day? Or am I just doing this because I can't be bothered anymore? Right. I'm just burying my head in the sand. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, you don't, you don't want to get to the stage where you need that uh, as well. So I, I know some people, I have some friends that have experienced pretty severe burnout as a result of that kind of constant need to be productive as, as we've sort of touched on, at which point self-care becomes all the, all that you can do. The Forbes article here has a number of points, a simple bullet points here where they outline what they consider self-care to be, which is turning off the TV instead of watching another episode of The Crown because you want to get up early the following day. They say 5am. I think that's a bit much, but if that's how your, your sleeping cycle goes, then go for it. There's declining the second drink. It says here at the office holiday party, but maybe the second drink when you're by yourself in your underwear <laughs> in the living room. Yeah. Let's, let's call it the second drink at the virtual meetup. Yes. Saying no to the thing you don't want to do, even if someone's going to be annoyed at you, which links back to what we were talking about, you know, drawing lines and delineating between work and home life and just saying no, almost independent of what the reaction might be. And there's an interesting point here as well as this idea of letting other people take care of themselves, which is, I suppose, a rather roundabout way of saying, you know, remember to take some time to actually take care of yourself rather than trying to constantly be in service of other people. And the overarching theme here is this idea of a disciplined approach to self-care, this idea of it as a regular structured thing that you need to integrate into your schedule, as it were which is kind of at odds with what we've been talking about in previous episodes. Exactly. I guess it depends on the kind of person you are, really. Like if you are a very structured person and you like um, systems and processes and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and, and you you know you find the Tim Ferriss approach to bath time relaxing, then, then I think it is important to just basically, I mean, basically what this is saying is making sure that you have carved out constructive time to to do things that are good for you. Um, basically, and not to just not to just get sucked into that and that alone at the expense of other things. So it's it's a it's a useful reminder, I suppose. I kind of more lean into be forgiving of yourself and give yourself the time and the space to to do what it is that you need to do. Like if if you need to eat fourteen chocolate bars and lie in bed for six hours, then maybe that's just because you're super stressed and anxious, and actually just you need that break. I don't think we should we should judge people for needing to do that when they when when the kind of need arises so i suppose i'm slightly more forgiving than perhaps some of these articles kind of uh might seem which is maybe why i'm you know dramatically unproductive and uh, and so i should probably be more like these people <laughs> so what do you think how do you structure your downtime do you structure your downtime do you indulge those those needs you have to to sort of switch off and detach from work let us know wfhpodcast.com or just email us wfh at lowerstreet.co and as always we'd really appreciate it if you could share this episode with one person that you think would also enjoy it that is also now working from home which i guess means everybody so really should share it with everybody (laughs) 